We'll be reading from 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. So I'll give you a moment to find that in your Bibles. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Friends, uh, thanks for joining with us tonight. Uh, I want to ask you this question as we begin. How will you live your life in 2022? That's this year. And I suggest to you that if we are to live effective and productive lives, we must keep our eyes on the finish line. Let me illustrate. The first woman uh, to swim the English Channel uh, both ways was Florence Chadwick, over and back. Her next challenge, though, was to swim from Catalina Island to mainland California, a distance of over 30 kilometers. After 15 hours of swimming, Florence Chadwick was pulled out of the water, exhausted, just 800 metres from her goal. There she was, 800 metres short of 30 kilometres. Why couldn't she make the final bit? Why couldn't she go that extra little bit further? Why couldn't she fulfil her ambition? The answer lay in the weather. It was a foggy day and Florence couldn't see the shore. She didn't know how far away it was. She didn't know how close she was to the finish line. Two months later, on a clear day, she swam all the way. Let me say, seeing the finish line makes all the difference to an athlete. It provides energy and fresh motivation. But when the end is nowhere in sight, it's very hard to keep going. In 2 Peter, this is the, the letter we're looking at tonight, the apostle writes to show his readers the finish line, to show them where they're heading, what comes at the end of life? Why they should keep going for Jesus, trusting in him, following him, enduring the tough times and getting to the finish line. You know, in this short letter, Peter writes to Christians a bit like us, Christians who are struggling to live holy lives, temptations everywhere, Christians who are being ridiculed about their beliefs, Christians who are buffeted by false teachers. And this is significant here in 2 Peter because there are false teachers trying to lead people away from the true gospel to a different gospel. And so Peter urges them, presses on to them to think clearly about their faith, to know what they believe, to look forward to the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
It's easy during a COVID world to focus on the here and now. When will we get out of lockdown? How do I avoid getting COVID? Oh, my family have got it now. I'm stuck at home for a week. It's easy to be so consumed by where we're at. That's understandable, right? We feel the stress of all of that. That we lose sight of the finish line, that we're living for Jesus in light of eternity. And this year has to count in his plan for that eternity. He doesn't want us to stop loving him, serving him, being used by him just because we're dealing with COVID. But he wants us to... It wants us to allow him to work in and through us to still make a difference in 2022. I've been easily distracted during this time. How about you? Today's a day to say, God, I don't want to be distracted any longer. God, I want to make a difference for you in the next year. Well, friends, the Apostle Peter, we believe he wrote this letter probably uh, before his death. He died at about AD 68 under Nero. That's what tradition tells us. But probably about AD 65 to 68 was the timing of this letter. In chapter 3, 17 to 18, it gives a summary of why he's written it. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and, Jesus, and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever, or for both now and forever. Amen. Chapter 3. Be careful to be false teachers. People are trying to send you in opposite directions, but grow in the grace and knowledge. It'd be great to, to say, we get to the end of 2022 and say, how did you go? Oh, I just grew in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. I just loved him more. I came to understand him better. I just came to invest my life in his work even better. I just can't wait till he comes again. So that's a sign, I think, that we're, we're doing what Peter's asked the believers to do. So it's a sermon on Christian growth, to Peter is, in the context of threats to Christian stability from false teachers. It's a bit like a marathon, the Christian life. It's not a sprint. You know, you just do it and it's all over. You get, you run, you get tired, uh, you go through growth barriers. Marathon runners will tell you at a certain distance, they think they can't go any further. And then something, something kicks, kicks off in their body and they get this extra adrenaline and they keep going the next bit and the next bit and the next bit. And some of them make it to the end, others collapse at, at the finish line, as you've seen before. But there, there's this perseverance. And we're thinking today about starting the race, running the race with strenuous effort, and finishing the race. So firstly, the Christian start. The Christian start is made possible through our knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. So if you're a Christian tonight, and uh, you've started the relationship with Jesus by putting your faith in Christ his death, his resurrection for you, you've turned from your sins, invited Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you have a knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, his Son. And that makes the difference. You start that relationship. But let me say, if you haven't started that relationship, and God invites you to come to him and get that knowledge of God and of Jesus. Paul reminds them he is a servant and apostle of Jesus. Why does he say that? Because there are false teachers who are saying, no, listen to us. Peter says, no, 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 no. I was with Jesus hold on to what I teach you, not the, what the false teachers are saying. You have received, he said, a faith as precious as ours. Peter says, we have a precious faith, a gospel doctrine that we've got from Jesus. You've received that like us. Don't, again, listen to the false teachers. All made possible by the righteousness of God, he says. God's uh, perfection, God's justice, his moral uprightness, his character, and, uh, and we've now received that message and believed that message. So what are the privileges of knowing Christ? If you are 
in Christ, if you have a, a faith in Christ, what are the privileges? It says, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Two words there, grace. If you're full of Jesus, you receive the blessing of grace. That means God's unmerited favor towards you through the death and resurrection of Jesus. You and I do not deserve God's favor. We deserve God's judgment. But rather than judgment, we get grace. Further, we also get mercy. But also, because we receive the grace of God, we have peace with God. And uh, no longer enemies of God, no longer rebels, no longer raising our fist to God. God uh, no longer uh, seeking to punish us for our sin, but now we, have a we are reconciled to God. We have peace with Him. But more than that, grace, peace, we have everything we need for life and godliness. That's a pretty uh, special thing to hear, isn't it? His divine power has given us, that you and me, everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. God calls us by His glory and goodness. We get an understanding of Him. We now have power to live this radically different and godly life. God has given us everything we need. So as we face 2022, I don't want you to face it with despondency. Oh, I don't know, I don't think I can do it. I mess up all the time and I sin. I have impure thoughts and I get lazy. No, 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 that's not how the Bible wants us to think. The Bible says His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. God is powerful to save. God is powerful to transform us. God is powerful to save us. He's also powerful to send us the Holy Spirit to live in us, to start transforming us from the inside out, that we would live different lives. And I want you to remember it's the gospel that you need to hold on to. Now, one commentator says, there will always be people who will want to supplement the work of Christ with extra teaching. You might hear someone say, well, Jesus is not enough. You need Jesus and this, and Jesus and something else in 2022. It says, they convince us that we are living less than Christian lives, while their particular form of teaching is the ingredient missing from traditional Christianity. It takes different forms, Christ plus healing, Christ plus success, Christ plus prosperity, Christ plus counseling, Christ plus an overwhelming spiritual experience. And he writes, anxious Christians are always trying to find this new thing that will be the answer to their spiritual walk. The Bible says you have it all in Jesus. The Bible says you have it all in the gospel. The power of God to live this radically different life. And then he says, indeed, we have great and precious promises. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. I think it seems to be about the gospel and the hope and the eternal life and all those things that we come from the gospel. So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Again, the next step the promise of glory we can share in the divine nature. Peter is saying that we can become like God. Really, when we walk the streets of Nawi and Peakhurst and Burwood and Panani and Picnic Point and Wattle Grove, we are little Jesuses, right? That it says we can share in the divine nature, the nature of God uh, is something that we share in. We become like Him. Uh, John Calvin wrote, it is the purpose of the gospel to make us sooner or later like God. Indeed, it is, so to speak, a kind of deification that we're becoming like God. In the present, how does that work? Well, the Holy Spirit transforms us into the likeness of Christ. 
Now, 2 Corinthians 3.18 is a fabulous verse. And it says, We who are with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so the Bible says, each day as you draw closer to Jesus and read His Word and pray and seek to serve Him, God is changing you. Another version says, from one degree of glory to another, to be like Jesus. Friends, if you want a goal in 2022, it's to be like Jesus. That's your goal. Become more and more like Jesus. Romans 8 says, we are predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. God is at work in us to make us like Jesus. And friends, in the future, because we only experience it in a, uh, not a temporary way, but we don't reach the perfection of being like Christ here. But in the future, we share in eternal life with Christ. We share His glory, His immortality and blessedness. 1 John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears... When Christ comes, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. So now on this earth, day by day, week by week, you become more like Jesus. On the final day, you're like Jesus. That's what your goal is. That's where you're heading. He also gives us, though, the promise of escape. We've got a glorious future, but promise of escape to escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. In our present experience, in 2022, we have the power to say no to sin and no to temptation. We have the power to say no to those impure thoughts. We have the temptation to say no to jealousy. We have the, uh, sorry, the capacity to say no uh, to evil. Escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We will fail from time to time, and I will fail from time to time, but we have the power to be more like Jesus, to say no to sin. And in the future we'll escape from sin completely. They're great promises for those who are Christians. If you're a Christian tonight, that's what God has promised you through His Word as you head into 2022. But I must say it's important that in running the Christian race that you've, you have to start on the right track. You've got to get the right gospel. If you don't have the right gospel, you can go end up in any direction. If you have a gospel that is salvation by works, you're not going to end up in the right place a gospel that salvation Jesus plus something else then that's not the right track get on the right track trust in Jesus and follow him but secondly this is a Christian life having begun with Christ and received all these blessings from God the Christian life also needs personal efforts verses 5 to 9 and one of the ways in which others will know that you're a Christian and I am a Christian is not simply by what we say with our lips but by what we demonstrate in our life. Right? Some people might say, I'm a Christian, I've received grace, I have peace with God, and their lives look exactly the same. They haven't been transformed by Jesus at all. And what he tells us here is, for this reason, because of what God has done, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and so on, and so on, and so on. In other words, in one sense, you don't just let go and let God, as some people say, well, you know, just let go and let God, and God will do it all. No, no, no. He says, God has done all of this for you. Now, put strenuous effort in. It takes effort and hard work and discipline to develop these characteristics. I never make New Year's resolutions. You know why? 
because I break them really quickly. How about you? Some people love their resolutions. By the end of January, they're depressed, right? Or maybe halfway through January even. I don't make them, but at the same time, I need to make this type of resolution. I need to make every effort to keep adding to my faith the Christian characteristics. And I remember that I never arrive. We never arrive. We're never perfect. But we have these in increasing measure. God does his work in us. So what are the characteristics? Let's have a look at those. Add to your faith. Remember, we started with faith. That's faith in Jesus. We become Christians by faith in Christ. Add goodness. It's a virtue. Goodness seems like a, uh, a soppy word, doesn't it? Oh, he's good. We talk about children, be good to your parents or be good to others. But it's this special word which just, it's being like Jesus, really. Be good to people. Stop being mean to people. Uh, you know, stop be, um, being horrible. Stop being... And, you know, putting people down. Be good to people. Ask the question, what would Jesus do in this situation? And add to your goodness, knowledge. Knowledge about Christ. Know him better. Grow in him. Understand him better. And that's why here at the church, we'll encourage you to come to church. We'll encourage you to join a Bible study group. We'll encourage you to do Bible college courses. we encourage you to do small courses and training courses that we offer. Because we want you to grow in your knowledge of God. So your knowledge of God in 2022 ought to be more than your knowledge of God in 2021. And your goodness in 2022 ought to be better than your goodness in 2021. And your understanding of God has to grow and mature each year. And further, add self-control. Unlike the false teachers who follow their own evil desires, uh, you add self-control to your life. Now, if that's a problem for you, you lose your temper, you go off at people, or you have a problem with pornography because you don't control what, what buttons you press on your computer or your laptop or your phone. Or you like to make a lot of money and money is your God. And you need to control that. Whatever it happens to be, all power and influence, you like to be the influential person. And you're not controlled, but you like to control others and take it to God. And add perseverance. You may say, oh, I don't want to add any more perseverance. We've had two years of COVID, right? More perseverance? Yep, here we are. Just when we thought we're coming out of it at the end of December, and all of a sudden, cases everywhere, people in our church are isolating at home right now. I got a fellow from our church in at Liverpool Hospital uh, suffering COVID, improving. His wife just got COVID as well. He's probably in his 80s. Three or four families at the moment, two or three other families have come out of COVID isolation, uh, and they've just, by the grace of God, come through that. Perseverance. God, help me to put up with the tough times, the trials, the lockdowns, the persecutions. God, help me to put up with them because I'm looking forward to the coming again of Jesus. That's only a short time. How many weeks? Wasn't that terrible that time? We couldn't leave our LGA for a while. And then no longer, more than five kilometers. It drove me nuts. Okay, I confess. I like to go more than five kilometers from my house. But God was teaching me perseverance in Jesus at that time. To slow down, to read my Bible more, to walk in the local areas, to call out to God. Friends, when you go through tough times, you pray more, you call out to God more. And if we persevere, we need to uh, uh, keep doing that. You know, other people were saying, the false teacher was saying, Christ isn't returning. Where is his coming that he promised? Chapter 3, verse 4. Jesus is not coming back. You Christians are nuts. Stop wasting your time. 
Why do you give money to the church? Why do you give it to missionaries? Why send workers overseas to Africa or to Asia? Just have a holiday. Take your children out. Buy your new car. Buy your biggest house you can buy. Spend it all on yourself. Jesus isn't coming back. That's the false teachers. But you see, Peter said, no, no, no. Keep your eyes on the fact that Christ is coming back. To the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. Don't, don't worry. He's coming. Be prepared for his coming. Persevere, no matter what. Add godliness to it. Godliness seems to be one of these words which just encapsulates everything about being like Jesus. Godly. In sharp contrast with the false teachers who are ungodly, the Bible says. And godliness, add brotherly kindness. Now, this is the word uh, Philadelphia. You know, the Greek word, uh, we get Philadelphia, philos, love. Uh, Delphia means brothers and sisters. And this word here, it's a common term in the New Testament, or sorry, in, the, in that period of time, to refer to the family units. So you show Philadelphia to your brothers and sisters and your family. I'm told it's the only place, New Testament is the only place, where the word has been found outside the context of a home. So what God is saying to us, as you look around, we are brothers and sisters. As close as your physical brothers and sisters. Just say, even closer. And some of you will think, my brothers and sisters here, we're even closer to people in church than I am to my natural brothers and sisters. Add brotherly kindness. Your brothers and sisters, care for one another. If one of you is hurting, give them a call, visit them, sit with them, talk with them, pray for them. Make sure that there's no one who feels excluded, alone in the gathering of God's people through your home group, through your ministry teams, through the gatherings on the Sunday, show Philadelphia brotherly love. And add love at the end, agape love, which is a love for, for God's people and a love for everyone. It's the type of love that God has for us. Then he says, what's the result? If you keep adding all these things to your character in increasing measure, you'll become effective and productive Christians. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, notice this, not at the same level, in increasing measure, what we seek to become is more like Jesus every year, not less like Jesus. They'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting they've been cleansed from their past sins. Friends, I want to be an effective and productive Christian, don't you? I don't want to waste my life. I don't, I don't want to waste 2022. How I use my time, my money, my gifts, my talents, my resources, my character, my life. The Bible says you have all of this in Christ. You can share in the divine nature all that you need for life and godliness. You work hard by in, through the strength of God, the power of the Spirit, to add these characteristics to your life as you live out the faith. And you'll be useful to God, you'll be effective, you'll be productive in his work in the new year. And friends, when you fail and you make mistakes in the new year, don't just get depressed and give it all up. Sometimes as Christians, we will make mistakes. We will fail each other. We will fail to show the love we ought to show for one another. We will lose self-control. When you do that, I said, don't get depressed, just get going. Get up again. You know, a runner who's doing a race in a marathon, if he gets tired and he fought, trips over, he, he doesn't just sit there. Unless he's got no more energy. He gets up, he goes again, and goes again. And the Christian life is like that. Get up, go again, 
We've had to suck it up a lot this year, haven't we? It's like, okay, got no more energy. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I mean, last year, it's COVID. I'm locked down. I hate going to university online. I hate doing Bible studies online. Can I just meet with people? It is tough, but get up and keep going, trusting in God. In contrast, he says, to true Christian knowledge, the false teachers, if you're not following Christ, you don't really do what he's told us to do, then you're blind. You're really spiritually blind. Uh, You're short-sighted. You can't see what lies ahead in the distance. They have amnesia, they've forgotten, they've been cleansed from their sins. They've forgotten about the work of Christ, they just live as if it doesn't matter. Don't be like them, don't be like the false teachers. And finally, the Christian finish. We start with faith in Jesus. We add to these characteristics to our lives as we live for Christ, in the power of Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things... You'll never stumble, or one version says, you'll never come to ruin, and you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Make your calling and election sure, one verse, version says. In other words, by living out the Christian life, it's a demonstration that you are truly a Christian. Because true faith leads to good works. True faith leads to a transformed lifestyle. True faith means that we look and live like Jesus. And then we won't come to ruin, but we will find eternal life. Love verse 11, a rich welcome into heaven. We're talking about marathons and runs and races and swimmers. Can you picture at the, at the Olympics when the marathon is coming to an end? Everyone's in the stadium. There are other events taking place, but then the first runner comes in. If you're in the crowd, you know what you do? You stand up. And everyone starts to applaud and cheer the runner after how many kilometers they're doing a marathon. I don't even know how many they do. Too, way too many. And they come into, into, into the arena. Everyone stands and applauds and cheers them on, getting them to that finish line. It's a picture like that. We will receive a rich welcome into heaven. Christ has saved us. Christ has made us his children. Christ has then worked in us to create in us the character of Christ. We have confirmed our calling and election. We keep going. We, we see the finish line. We're going to get there. We can't wait till Jesus comes. And when he comes, he says, welcome home, my children. Welcome home. And the picture is a rich welcome. It's like people are applauding. The angels are saying, welcome home into God's heaven forever. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Friends, we have a destination. We're going somewhere. Beyond 2022, we're going to be with Christ. And God calls us to live in light of that truth. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you for the writings of the Apostle Peter, inspired by your Spirit to encourage us, even today, and encourage the believers in the first century It still encourages us today. Lord, help us to become effective and productive Christians in 2022. Help us to become more like Jesus in an increasing measure. Help us not to give up when things are tough, but to trust you, to call upon you, to cry before you, to pray before you, to surrender to you, that your Spirit might do his work of conforming us to the image of Jesus for the glory of your name. Amen.